from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, my dear brothers and sisters in the faith. There was a man sitting on the sidewalk, shivering profusely. Many people walked right past the man without even giving him a glance. There were a few who did stop. One lady offered the man the leftovers from her lunch. Another man gave him a few coins from his pocket. Still another person offered their condolences and told him that they hoped his condition would improve soon. All of these acts of kindness felt a little bit more like a slap in the face. It almost hurt more than those who gave him the cold shoulder. These people saw his condition, but their actions did nothing to help him. Then one more person approached the man. He said nothing. He simply took off his coat and extended it out. This act of selflessness meant something. Today is Holy Trinity Sunday. We have one God, yet three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We began our service by singing the first verse of our opening hymn, Holy, 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 Merciful and Mighty, God in Three Persons, Blessed Trinity. Maybe talking about the Trinity makes you a little nervous. How can I possibly comprehend this teaching of the Bible? How can I understand a God whose math just breaks the logic of this earth? How can I get it? Today, as we celebrate this Holy Trinity Sunday, we discuss not just an incomprehensible fact that requires our trust, but today we see how our triune God blesses us through his selflessness. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit interact with each other in a selfless manner, and our God loves us in the same selfless manner. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, our blessed, selfless trinity. We'll consider the words of John 16. We'll walk through the text and see the various ways in which the selflessness of God blesses us. But first, some context. Because our section of scripture doesn't take place in a vacuum. God's teachings about himself don't take place in an encyclopedia where he lays out alphabetically all of his characteristics and his teachings. Instead, we witness the teachings of God as they take place in the lives of his people. In our text for today, Jesus is talking with his disciples the night before his death. He tells them, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. The disciples were anxious and nervous about the future, they were feeling overwhelmed by the problems of life. 
Jesus doesn't give them just a few kind words or a little bit of money or his leftover lunch. Instead, to bring comfort to his weary disciples, Jesus points them to who God is. When someone today feels burdened by life or when a Christian feels overwhelmed by their circumstances, they look to the same God who loves and cares for them. Jesus began his description of God by making a promise. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he, tell, and he will tell you what is yet to come. One of our great fears in life is being like a ship without a rudder. We see this when children lose their parents at the grocery store. But we also see this in lives as adults. We wonder, am I heading in the right direction? Is my life going to amount to what I want it to be? How do I know where to go or what to do when it feels like I'm stuck in the middle of the ocean with no sight of land anywhere nearby. Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit who is truth. The Holy Spirit is a compass, and this compass always points true north. The Holy Spirit is incapable of telling a lie. God's very nature is one of truth, and that is a fantastic blessing. We see just how far we've gone in the wrong direction. We live lives that could be classified as a double life. We know God. We know what he's revealed to us. We trust in him, and yet so often our lives tell a different story. It can be so easy to give in to selfishness. It's hard to be selfless and live for God. It's difficult to tell the truth because sometimes it feels like when we're telling the truth, we lose a little bit of control in life. We like those lies which make us feel like we're powerful, which make us feel like we're in charge. But ultimately, our lives, our lies eat us up on the inside. It's at this moment when the devil comes and gives us another lie, more falsity and deceit, tries to convince us that we've drifted too far out to sea. There's no more rescuing us. God could never guide us wayward people us wayward sinners. It's in this moment when we need the Holy Spirit to guide us in truth. The Holy Spirit dispels the darkness of the lies of Satan. He reminds us of our forgiveness. Our sins have been covered over. No lie of the devil can enter into our lives. And we see that truth played out in the second person of the Trinity, the Son, Jesus, who left his position his position at the right hand of God, and selflessly brought us God's love. Jesus left his throne so that he could live in our world, which is filled with deceit. 
and yet he never gave in to such temptation. He lived in complete truth to defeat Satan's lies. Jesus sacrificed his life on the cross, dying next to those lying thieves as he endured the punishment that our, seats, that our deceits deserved. And then he came back from the dead. He rose from the grave to keep his promises to ensure the truth. Satan has no power over us. Your sins have been forgiven. When the Father looks at you, he sees you clothed in the Son's truth. The Holy Spirit directs us and points us to the truth. And as he does so, he is completely selfless in his actions. He doesn't prop himself up or propel himself. Instead, he points to the Son and brings him glory. We see in verse 14, He, the Spirit of truth, will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. The Holy Spirit is selfless and self-sacrificing, so much so that some people have come to the wrong conclusion that he's not God. But that could not be further from the truth. The Holy Spirit does what only God can do. He brings us to faith. He was working when we received those waters of baptism and the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he's working today. Every time we witness the glory of the Son, the Holy Spirit is strengthening our faith. He's renewing us in the truth. He's guiding us. And he's reminding us that we now are viewed as truthful in the eyes of the Father. We're now his children. A good father will make sacrifices for his children. A good father is willing to give up personal time, life dreams, so that he can have a relationship and give his children blessings. Jesus points to the relationship that he has with the Father in heaven, and it's a selfless one. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. God the Father does not hold the world for his own purposes and desires. Instead, he shows his care and his selflessness as he shares his blessings with the Son. Our Father in heaven shares his blessings with us as well. He richly pours out on us all of his good gifts. But sometimes it doesn't quite feel like we're enjoying a steak dinner. Sometimes it feels like we're just getting the crumbs. If a father always gave their child exactly what the child was asking for, things wouldn't turn out so well. Ice cream for every meal sounds great to the child, but to a father it sounds like malnutrition and sugar addiction. Sometimes a father has to force their children to eat their green things as well, their veggies, their fruit, things that give them the, the nourishment and the strength to, to do the fun things that children want to do, like play and do their schoolwork. A father needs to give the child these blessings. 
sometimes we don't always receive exactly what we would want from the Father. That's a good thing for us because God's got something even better for us in mind. If we always received exactly what we would want, the world would quickly turn into a world classified by me-centeredness. But instead, in John 16, Jesus points us to a world that is God-centered. The Father is selfless in his relationship with the other persons of the Trinity. He sacrifices his beloved Son. And the Son sacrifices his life in the glories of heaven to be glorified through his death. And the Holy Spirit doesn't take center stage, but instead he points us to the selflessness of God and shares with us those blessings. Yes, we as God's children have received this selflessness from God. The man who was shivering on the sidewalk, he could have tried to find some comfort in some nice words or in a few scraps of food. But ultimately, there was no comfort until he received that selfless action. We have received selfless action from the God who loves us. We rejoice in the Trinity, a God who is willing to make every sacrifice to bring us his love, to bring us that forgiveness of sins. We confess, holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, our blessed, selfless trinity. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please stand.